wanted to step up for a moment to introduce Dr. Law in a little bit of a more of a formal fashion. And I forgot this morning, I apologize, I was, I was so uh, focused on making sure that I recognized our veterans this morning that I forgot to say, hey, welcome to all you folks across the street at the video venue and all you folks joining us online wherever you are. I apologize for that, but we're so glad to have you with us. Um, I just wanted to give a little bit of a, of a more formal introduction to, to Dr. Law, and I could be up here for a long time doing this, but I'm going to make it really brief. Um, we have been what's known as a living link partner with Ajay and Indu Law for 22 years. And if you don't know what that means, it means that for 22 years, they've been like a part of our church staff just living in India. We've been paying their salary. We've been supporting the mission, uh, providing money for special projects, uh, and um, it's just been a close, close partnership. Uh, I have known, uh, I did not know Ajay and Indu until I actually, until I moved here to uh, Mount Pleasant, but uh, I have known his family since I was a little boy. I think I I told you in the past that the church that I grew up in in Tulsa, Oklahoma, was a a, a major church in starting mid-India Christian mission, which was started by Ajay's parents, uh, Vijay and Pushpalaw, and some other family members. And so I have this vivid memory of being a little boy in Sunday school and having his mom and dad come and visit us for vacation Bible school and, and things like that. It was really a, a cool thing. And Ajay and I are the same age. We are, we are truly brothers from another mother. That's what we are. I've got my Indian vest on today, so if you have a hard time telling us apart, just ask. Don't be embarrassed. Just ask. <laughs> We'll tell you which is which this morning. But uh, for 22 years, Mount Pleasant has had the privilege of having a partnership with uh, CICM. And uh, just, I have never in my life seen a mission that's more effective. Let me just give you just a little glimpse, and then we'll bring him up. This year, just this calendar year, CICM will start 300-plus churches in five different countries, plant 300-plus churches in five different countries and baptize over 60,000 people. Now, yeah, that's worth celebrating. That's just this year. Now, to put that in perspective, most missions will not accomplish that in their lifetime, and that's what's happening this year through the efforts of CICM. So, give him a really, really warm Mount Pleasant welcome as he comes to share with us today. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's a great privilege and honor for my wife and I to be with you this morning. Um, we came in this past week, and we are, it's a short trip for one week, and uh, we will be going back soon. And uh, um, we have come here to thank each of you. We are so thankful for our partnership. As uh, my brother Chris has described, that we are part of your staff. Uh, we, we, this is our home congregation in America. We both grew up in India, and we uh, came here f- uh, to receive our education for a short time, and then we have been living and working in India. Um, I, I want to thank you for, for your support and for the partnership. I want to thank my brother Chris and Miss Sandy for, uh, for the love they have for us and for the encouragement they have been to us. And we pray for them every day. They pray for us every, every 
every day. There is not even one month goes by when we don't talk on phone. And um, just, um, just uh, so, so blessed for, uh, brother, for Brother Chris's leadership. He has led our board as a chairman of the board for many years, have gone through some difficult situations and times. Um, so, so we have great love and respect. And, and you have done so much for our family. Uh, and so thank you. you. You stood with us in good times and bad times. In, um, in the times of victory, in the times of persecution, in the times of failure, in the times of um, reaching the milestones and, and, and your significant support and the teams that have come, the ladies team that have come to uh, lead our women's conferences, the, um, the young people, youth ministers have come, missions pastors have come, and uh, we, we are so thankful for our partnership. So please do extend um, our, our uh, gratitude. We, we brought some pictures to show you, and um, um, it's, you know, it's, it's you, you see what God is doing here. You see how God is changing lives and helping families and bringing people, uh, but, but you need to see the impact of, uh, of the Mount Pleasant ministry. Uh, 10,000 miles from here. And a lot of times we, we don't see what, how, how we are one team. Our, our roles may be different, but we have the same goal. And we are working there. We are your arms in India and in the surrounding countries. And, and our top priority has always been evangelism. We have 1.3 billion people. One-sixth of total world population lives in India. Uh, we are the largest Hindu nation. Um, a few years from now, we will be the largest Islamic nation. We are the second largest Islamic nation on the face of this earth. And, and there are millions and millions of people who have never heard the name Jesus Christ. We come from the area where there is one Bible for 1,100 people. We come... Um, from, from the uh, areas where people, uh, people know Michael Jackson, but they have not heard about Jesus Christ. Where people have tasted Coca-Cola and Pepsi-Cola, but they have not heard about Jesus Christ. So, so it's a great challenge to live in that country where Christians are in microscopic minority and, and living under a government that is anti-Christian, living around the people who literally hate Christians and continuing to do our best. Lord has blessed us over the last 35 years since Indu and I have been married, having four children and five grandchildren uh, started the ministry. Um, the Lord has really blessed us. Um, there are over 1,100 people full-time on our staff working in five countries, and, uh, and uh, by God's grace, there have been uh, 2,500 churches plus churches planted, and on a given Sunday, more than 400,000 people are worshiping Lord Jesus Christ as a result of, of the ministry. So we, we praise God for that. Um, Indu, my wife, is equally involved with the children's ministry, with the... Uh, with the uh, ministry among the women and training and writing and publication. Um, literally thousands and thousands of people have made, made their decision. We are involved with the children's ministry and, and uh, the children's ministry continues to grow. We have six children's homes. Uh, we have home for children who are beggars, who are, bl who are blind, who were nobodies and nobody was taking care of them. They were orphans. We have, we have home for those um, uh, children 
children whose parents were killed in the in Orissa persecution against Christians. Um, so there are there are five children's homes, and my daughter Lashi is uh, is uh, looking after those those six. I'm sorry, no, I said five, six children's homes, and. Uh, then we have the literature ministry. There are over 600 million people speak Hindi language. And last year, to over 20,000 books were, were provided, were, were, were printed as a result of this ministry. Two significant things under the literature ministry. Number one, first time in the history of India, the entire Bible was translated. No scriptures were translated before that. First time in the history of India, the Bundeli translation was done with the help of pioneer Bible translators. And there were 50 million Bundeli people, first time they have the Bible to read and, and to scriptures and to learn about Jesus. The, the, thank you. Through the, through, the, through the second translation work that we are doing, we have over 100,000 Afghani refugees living right in, in, in our capital, in, the new, in new Delhi. And, and we, we have started working with them, training with them, taking care of their widows and children. And, and we found out from Wycliffe and from Pioneer Bible Translators, not any work has been done to reach Talibani people who are from North Afghanistan. No scriptures has ever been translated. But we have a team in New Delhi. There are five people who are involved in translation and preaching and teaching and planting churches. By the end of this coming January, first time, the entire New Testament will be translated into Pashtun language, which is the language of, uh, of uh, thousands and millions of Talibani people. So we are, we are grateful to God for, for um, all, all these, these things that God is doing. Uh, we have three Bible colleges and over 200 students. We are graduating 200 students every year. That's our goal. And uh, we have Bible college at the Himalayas mountains. We have Bible college where most of the untouchables live in the city of Lucknow. The shepherds to reach shepherds group, 140 million shepherds. We have um, another Bible college in Damo that we are training children church planters, just church planters who are going, who are willing to sacrifice their life, who are willing to go to the areas where ISIS is active, where Islamic extremism, where Hindu extremism is there, where life, their life is in danger. Um, God has, uh, God has uh, provided some tremendous, tremendous outstanding um, Christian young people whom we are able to, uh, to train. And then we, we, we are working um, in a leper's colony, which is, uh, we are taking care of widows. There are over 1,100 widows uh, who get $3 a month from the government. They are in their 70s and 80s and 90s, and their children have left them to find jobs in big cities. Uh, so we have this ministry to, to help those widows and share the love of Jesus Christ. Just two hours north of New Delhi, uh, there is a city called Merat, and there's a leper's colony there, 135 lepers' families. And, and our church, which we planted about 15 years ago in Merat, uh, I, was, I was talking to their preacher, Brother Daniel Masih, and they have a real heart to reach uh, 60,000 families who live in the slum areas of, of, of Merat. 
And not only that, but also the leper's colony. And they have worship service, and they have all these families come together. And he was so excited. He said, 22 lepers have accepted Jesus Christ and have been baptized. One of the lepers came to, to Brother Daniel and said, well, I'm, I'm thankful I got leprosy because if I didn't have le leprosy, I would not have uh, no uh, Lord Jesus Christ. So, you know, we hear all these testimonies. Uh, we had the crisis of drinking water last year, for, uh, the largest one in 50 years, and we were able to provide the drinking water, and not only that, sharing people that about the living water which is only possible through Jesus Christ. We have a hospital, and I know that Mount Pleasant family has taken a huge decision to build a 150-bedded, well-equipped hospital. You know, if we have a heart problem in our area, you have to drive seven hours to get the best treatment available for the heart care. Um, uh, you, you people are blessed. Uh, there are over 2 billion people on the face of this earth who don't have any access to have, uh, even to the primary health care things. Uh, so this hospital would really serve the community of over 10 million people as we will be able to share the, the love of Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, we are training nurses. We, have connected, we are connected with the state university. It's a four-year training program. Maybe some of you would want to come and, and teach our, in our nursing schools. And, uh, um, so so we, are, we are excited what God is doing. I'm going to stop uh, talking about the work here. I haven't started preaching. And I'm, I'm limited to my time. Uh, we have traveled 10,000 miles just for this weekend. Um, and, uh, and I think that um, you should allow at least two hours for me to preach. <laughs> no, 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 no I, will be, I will be blacklisted. No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> um, Brother Chris has been so gracious, allowing me a lot of time, uh, but, but I, I, won't, I won't preach for two hours. Don't worry, I'll stay within the time limit. Um, I know you are going through the, the series uh, called All In, All In Faith. Um, Jesus wants us to be all in, 100%, not 50%, not 70%, not 99%, but 100%. And, and I started thinking about that. And, and I remember this past Easter, I was invited to preach uh, for an Easter service in the city of Kanpur. Now, I have never seen any service like that. It started from midnight and it ended at 7 o'clock in the morning. Seven hour service. And what was amazing to me, that people didn't leave. They all stayed there and people kept coming and coming and coming. And there were over 10,000 people. And what was amazing that the, uh, the service ended with over 3,000 decisions to follow Jesus. I have never seen such a response. Um, I preached a sermon. They said preach for two hours. I preached 90-minute sermon. But what, was, what really made the impact... I believe that during the, in the middle of the service, they brought this evangelist who was 84 years of age. And that was the first time I ever met him. His name is Santosh, and he has planted in 60 years of his ministry, that man has planted 110 churches and has baptized over 14,000 people. 
Well, a month ago from that time, he was attacked by the extremist. His, his house was destroyed, and, and he, was, he had multiple fractures. They thought he, had, he died, and, and he, things became so worse that doctors have to amputate his leg, and he was not able to walk, so they brought him there. And, and can you imagine this man who has been tortured and, and, and uh, beaten and just uh, crushed, but stood very strong, and, and he, he spoke for five minutes. He shared his, his witness and he, how he prayed that he wanted to be faithful until the very end of, this, uh, of his life. I looked at Brother Santosh and I said, Brother Santosh, if you have to say just one thing for us to learn, just one thing, what that would be? And he looked into my eyes and he said, work hard, give it all, do it with all your heart and all your strength. And that, I remember, I know that he was referring to the cha uh, chapter according, uh, 12, tw uh, uh, gospel according to Luke chapter 12, verses 28 and 29, where a teacher of the law came to Jesus and asked of all the commandments, which is the most important commandment. Which is the most important commandment? And Jesus answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And I think this is what Jesus was, uh, was saying, that, that uh, uh, give it all, give it 100% of what you have to your Lord, uh, Lord, Lord God. And, and in that same context, you know, we, we have been working among the people who are low, low castes, who are outcasts, who are untouchables, who are orphans, who, are, uh, who have been kicked out even from brothel community, uh, people um, who, who, were, who are beggars, uh, children who are blind, and, 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 and working, seeing those people, and, and when they see that they are not worth anything. We have a children's ministry, and we were able to rescue literally, literally, thousands of children in 35 years who were sold into slavery for a bag of rice. And, uh, you know, when, when those children grow, uh, they, they grow up and they start learning and loving Jesus Christ, then they understand how important they are, how valuable their life is. How they have their identity in Christ. It's not what people say about him. Uh, in our children's home, uh, we say it's a, it's a place for, chil uh, for, for, ch for children who are princes and princesses. Um, and we don't call it children's home. We don't call it orphanage because the word in Hindi for orphanage means a godless child. So we call it Bal Bhavan, which means children's palace. And that's, that's where these children come. And, and uh, we are working in the area of Darjeeling. Darjeeling is on our northeastern border. And in Darjeeling, it is a capital of human trafficking. Please listen to me carefully. Every day, I'm saying every day, over 200 girls are being sold into human trafficking in Darjeeling, just in Darjeeling city. I don't know how many hundreds of, uh, of boys and girls are, are sold into sex trafficking or what they call now sex tourism. It's, it's heartbreaking to see those people. One of the things 
one of the things our Bible college professors did, which was not really their job description, that during Christmas time, they found out that there was, there was a need in a brothel where, where these children to be, were to be rescued. So our four of our Bible college professors went into the brothel area, which is, which is controlled by the criminals, and they could have lost their lives. They went there and rescued 11 children, 11 children from sex slavery. And, and, and what, was, what was amazing to me, uh, they, they rescued some children who, who didn't have their names. There was no name. And, and this, this, this five years boy I, I, I saw, and, and uh, uh, there was, he, he had no name. And I said, how come he had no name? His mother said, because, because he has no identity. We do not want him to have a name. We don't want, because, because he comes from a background, uh, we don't want people to know where he's coming from. He doesn't know who his father is. He, he, uh, you know, so, so we, don't, we have not given any name. So they were calling him Kalua, and basically it means someone who has a dark skin, you would call Darky, which would be a name of a dog in India, which would be like a curse word. They were calling him Kalua. But then he, he, he came to know love and learn about Jesus Christ, and now he's not Kalua. He has given a new name, which is Caleb, and he is learning uh, to be a leader. He's learning to be like Caleb. And uh, uh, so what I'm trying to say, these people have find value and identity and significance in Jesus Christ. Where they were nobodies, they are somebodies. Where, where there was no significance, no purpose and meaning in their lives, now Jesus has given them a purpose and meaning in this life and, and hope for eternal life. Uh, what a great transformation. And these, these people have made a commitment, no turning back. And as we talk about all in, being all in faith, Having all in faith, that means making a commitment, no turning back, no turning back, back no matter what comes. Where, where this song comes from? Have you tried to find about, about this song? This song comes from India. There's a state of India called Assam. And many, many, many years ago, Assam, our country was divided um, in, in different kingdoms. And in Assam, there was a king, and he had only one son, and his son was student of philosophy. So he has studied different philosophies. He has studied about different religions. And, and to make my story short, this prince who was to become king of Assam has found answer in Lord Jesus Christ. He went and lived with a village evangelist almost for, for two years, and he was baptized, and, and he said he's not interested in becoming king. He wants to be a preacher. So he was tortured. His own people want, uh, you know, wanted to kill him, and one night when he was running away from the people, from the crowd, when people were trying to kill him, he finds himself in a cave, depressed and down, and he goes on his knees. And at that time, he writes this song, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. The world behind me, the cross before me. No turning back, no turning back. Though no one joins me, still I will follow. No turning back, no turning back. Now, it's, you, 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 you might be thinking that, you know, 
uh, Ajay, this is, this is not India. Uh, you have untouchables there, you have beggars, you have sex trafficking, you have slavery. Uh, we don't have that. This is America. Well, whether it is America or it is, in, it is India, we find, we find our freedom in Christ alone. We find the meaning and purpose of this life in Christ alone. We find the forgiveness of our sins in Christ alone. We receive the forgiveness and we receive the salvation in Christ alone. We have the hope of eternal life in Christ alone. As it is written in the um, book of Acts chapter 4 verse 12, salvation is found in no one else for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. And Jesus' Jesus's words in Matthew chapter 10 verse 30, whoever, whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Do we have the cross are we willing to carry their cross, that, that cross? Are we willing to, to, to follow Jesus in spite of the cross? Uh, if we are, then we are worthy of following, uh, being disciple. Luke chapter 9, verse 62, Jesus said, No one who puts a hand on the plow and looks back is fit to serve me. So do we have that commitment as we talk about being all in? Do we have that commitment that no turning back, no matter what comes. Secondly, we find that we, ha we need to have the commitment that we, ha we have an all-in faith, and it's non-compromising. It's non-compromising. No compromise. No turning back, no compromise. Luke chapter 14, verses 25 and 26, it says, Large crowds were traveling with Jesus and turning to, him, uh, turning to them, he said, If anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such person cannot be my disciple. Jesus is not really saying you, you need to hate your family, you need to hate your father and mother, but he's saying that that I'm not going to settle for second place in your life. I want to be your master. I want to, I'm, I'm your Lord. I'm number one. You need to understand. And a lot of times like this rich young ruler, we, we, we fail to follow Jesus. He, this, this man was young. He was rich. He had authority. He had, he, he had come to the right place. He had reached the right person. He had the right attitude. He came with respect. And he had the most significant question that anyone could have asked. What must I do to inherit eternal life? But that's the person even Jesus could not convert. Because he loved money more than Lord. And a lot of times that happens with us that it's, it, we, we make compromises. But as we talk about the faith that is all in, we must make a commitment that there will not be any compromise. I was reading uh, the true story about Dr. Halbeck in South Africa. Dr. Halbeck was traveling in South Africa, and he came to this city, and this city was unusual. There was a huge building, and it has, it has really tall walls, um, and, and there was only one iron gate. And those walls were huge. And um, that surrounded a large area. 
And he started asking people, what's inside those walls? And they said, you should climb up the hill and you will see what is happening there. So Dr. Halbeck climbed up the hill and what he saw broke his heart. He saw there were literally hundreds of lepers inside, that, in, inside those walls. And they were, they, there was no one to take care of them. There was no one to love them. There was no one to, to, to talk to them. And they were just waiting for their death because there was no cure of leprosy at that time. And, and, and Dr. Hallback came and he, he, he made a contact to his university and he said, we need, some, we need some doctors here who can take care of these lepers. We need some medical missionaries who can reach these lepers and teach them about Jesus. Even though their bodies are wasted, wasting away, but their souls can be saved. Is there anyone who can come? And then to, there were two Moravian missionaries, probably 27 or 28 years of age. They had just completed their medical school and they decided to come and serve those lepers. So these two young doctors who had bright future, who could have made lots of money, they came to, to, to Dr. Halbeck and they went to the city officials in that city and they said, we want to go in to serve these lepers Take care of them. Provide them with food and, and medicine and take care of their wounds and all that. And authority said, well, that's good. You can do that. But you have to sign a contract. And the contract says that you can only go in, but you cannot come out. You have children maybe of that age. Can you imagine your children having the best education in the world and they are starting their career and they can make a lot of money. They can earn a big name. But those two doctors decided to go in, signing a, an agreement, knowing that they will never come out. Nobody knows what happened to those people, those two young doctors. But we think that they did go and they died with lepers because leprosy was contagious. There was no cure at that time. But I'm sure they brought... They brought hundreds and hundreds of lepers to the feet of Christ, even though their bodies were gone, but their souls were saved. They did not compromise with name and fame and money. If we want to have the faith, if we want to have the faith of all in, then we must have a faith which says it's non-compromising. And finally. Um, no excuses. No excuses. No turning back. No compromise. And no excuses. If you study the 14th chapter of Luke, um, th there's a parable Jesus is telling about this master who, who has uh, invited some significant people and prepared this huge banquet. And some important people were invited. And he just did not send them the invitation card. But he sent his servants to make sure that they are coming. And then these people started making excuses that we cannot come. We just got married. We just bought some animals. We have some work to do. We just bought five yoke of oxen. And it says everyone, all, 
started making excuses. So then the master became angry and he called his servants and he said, go to the streets and bring poor and crippled and blind and lame so that my house will be full. And that's a great challenge for us, to reach out to those people, to love those who are unlovable, to reach those who are unreached, to care for those who are hated, to let the low caste know that they are high caste, let those people know that Jesus died for them. And then in that same chapter, Verse 33, chapter 14, verse 33, Jesus made a statement. He said, in the same way, any of you who does not give up everything he has cannot be my disciple. Are we willing to sacrifice for the Lord if we want to have that all in faith? I'm, I'm closing, and I just want to share these couple of uh, illustrations uh, I want you to see the picture of this, this woman. Her name is Raimati Degal. On 23rd of August 2008, when in the state of Orissa, India, persecution broke against Christians. During that time, 200 Christian preachers were killed. 2,800 homes of Christians were destroyed. 80 church buildings were burned. And even today, there are 55,000 Christians who are homeless. They can't go back. This woman, her name is Raimati Digal. She came to our preacher. His name is Sujit Nanda. And she told what happened that night. She said there was a group of extremists. They came, and my, my husband was a preacher. And they poured kerosene on, them, on him. And they said, if you, if you deny Jesus, you can save your life. You can save your family. He said, no, I'm not going to deny Jesus. Jesus is the way and the truth and the, and the life. I cannot compromise there. So they poured kerosene and burned him alive in front of his wife. I don't think we can even imagine. And then she was gang raped. <laughs> After a few months, she comes to our preacher, Sujit Nanda, and said, do you have any place in your congregation where I can serve children? and I can serve the women, and I can teach people about Jesus. Now she's going to different churches, and she's sharing her testimony, and she's saying, if what all I have gone through, what I have seen, what has broken my, uh, my heart, and after all this, I'm witnessing Jesus. I love Jesus. What is your excuse? What is your excuse? It's often that we make some excuses. I was just last week reading about uh, uh, the great missionary in, in Africa, David Livingston. Dr. David Livingston, when he died in Africa, his servants carried his body about 1,000 miles. His dead body was carried by his servants for 1,000 miles and they handed it to the people who took the body to bury that body in, in England. But before that, they did something. They cut his chest out and took his heart. And that, that heart was, was buried in Africa. That's where his heart, his heart was. 
and it is still buried in Africa. Where is your heart? Where is my heart? Is Jesus top priority? Is Jesus our master? Are we, are we really following him? Do we have the commitment which says no turning back? Do we have the commitment which says no compromise? Do we have the commitment of no excuse? And mainly saying that my Lord, it's not about me. It's all about you. I want to follow you. No turning back. No turning back. Thank you.